0: Again, welcome to this week's Man of the Post Extra Time I'm your host Chris uh, With me this week I've got uh, Housewives favourite Andy Who's going to introduce himself with his most boomer opinion Bearing in mind we've had the week of Joey Barton Yes, Joey Barton,
1: everybody's favourite mm. arsehole
0: <laughs> um, Yes, my
1: boomer opinion is a, 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 a strange one this one Because it, a, it's it's something I feel from time to time Not necessarily all the time but certainly in light of some of the things I've read this week, um, I think social media is a blight on society, and if I could go back in time, it it would be, I mean, obviously the obvious answer here is go back in time and kill baby Hitler as as it tends to be said, but I think I'd probably go back and slap some sense into Tom from MySpace. I think I'd actually just go back and say, Tom, look, we know you had good intentions, we know you're one of the good ones, but look at what you have wrought upon the world yeah Uh, but
0: would we have taylor swift without myspace
1: uh i have no opinion either (laughs) taylor swift (laughs) Uh, other than to say that i have very much been enjoying watching how angry uh some people have got at her being named times person of the year yes
0: i don't Um, know why she's had a very good year
1: very enjoyable to watch i don't know why because it actually just makes me lament, like the general IQ of let's be honest, men on social media. Um, but I at, at the same time, it is very enjoyable watching them frothing at the mouth <laughs> um, over such things. So, aye. that's my that's my opinion. If you ask me tomorrow, I would probably feel very <laughs> about it once I've read something really funny or seen like a new GIF or somebody's posted a TikTok onto my Twitter or something that I I enjoyed. But um, right at this precise moment, social
0: media should bunt around. If I ask you at four o'clock on Christmas Eve, just after the shops have closed and you're still in the centre of Glasgow High Street, uh, am I going to get a different answer as you've got your Christmas shopping uh, all around you?
1: Well, yes, um, social media will then not be the issue. It will be other people which i guess is just an extension of the same thing really it's just that it'll be less social media and more physical media that will uh i'd be quite happy for a meteor to come and strike us at that <laughs>
0: point <laughs> fair enough i think it was jean-paul sartre who said hell is other people so he was he was definitely yes. right uh right so we're going to be talking a lot of Premier League this week because we've had a full program of Premier League games. Um, so And there's games obviously coming up this weekend. So we'll start on Tuesday night. We'll start with yourselves. Um, and it is Luton 3, Arsenal 4. So Arsenal 2-1 up and 3-2 down. Uh, in this they won 4-3 down due to a um, a 97th minute uh, uh, Declan Rice winner. Um, David Rea, I think possibly sort of did his best to help Luton win this. But... Uh, a couple of things. I really like the Je- uh, Gabriel Jesus header. That was really, really good. That one. Um, but I've won six now in all competitions. And being three-two down at uh, a-, a sort of a grizzly, old-fashioned stadium, um, yeah. when you're sort of sat in your deck chair uh, on the banks of the lock and the uh, and the sun is beating down on your topless face and chest, and the and the wind is blowing up your kilt and giving you a tickle, do you? sit back and think about um still being extra resilient in situations like this where they haven't been previously over the last i reckon 10 years or so well first off let's be careful chris we don't want to make
1: too many people out there too aroused with that description of me on the, the, the <laughs> to... yeah. no in all seriousness um yeah it's it's a strange one yes there is something to be said about Arsenal's resilience but that kind of feels a little bit like last season where at some point that resilience will wear off Hmm. and we won't get the result out of those games I I look back to in fact I'm fairly certain I was on the, the, the podcast after the Bournemouth game last season and my view after that was that Arsenal were going to win the league because I thought the luck was with us and then of course that ended up not being the case um, this season, yeah, I, I think there's probably a bit more resilience my issue, and you, you alluded to it earlier on, is that and I, I think I've said this about both keepers now the, the, the real issue with me over the whole David Raya, Aaron Ramsdale situation is that I'm not entirely sure either of them is good enough for a team that's got real designs on winning the title, mm. Um, I know that Raya was brought in because of his ability with his feet. Uh, don't get me wrong; that has been uh, appreciated. I think that has allowed Arsenal to do good things, building from the back. But at the same time, if you're if you're going to make mistakes like he did, and he was directly responsible for two of the goals, uh, there'll be people who say that the, the shot that he let slip under his body was was well struck, and it, it was. But I mean, it's still a keeper; it's still a save that I would expect a keeper who appears to be for some reason valued at £40 million should make. I did wonder why he didn't go with
0: his foot on that, rather yes, than going uh, down. that yeah. was
1: my first thought as well, especially when you saw the angle from behind the goal, Yeah. and you realised that that could have been done, and I'm not a goalkeeper, you know, we, we've got uh, we have somebody, a member of the Keepers Union as, as part of the, the team, so I'll, I'll bow to their judgement on that, but yeah, I, I think I think there's some changes I would like to see made. Um, I, I think certainly in terms of goalkeeper, I don't think they're going to buy in a new goalkeeper in January. I would like to see them do that. I don't think they'll do it.
0: Will they be letting a goalkeeper um, go in January?
1: I think so. I, I think then I think Mikel Arteta could say what he likes, but I think barring injury. David is now number one I think Aaron Ramsdale won't be content with sitting until the end of the season particularly given that will be heading into an international tournament where he'll have designs on on being on the plane Mm. Um, yeah it's I, I am more confident in Arsenal this season than last season in a lot of ways but at the same time it also kind of feels like the other teams behind us haven't really kicked into gear yet and I'm curious to see what happens when that happens so yeah that's a whole that's a whole long way of me saying I'm the
0: one title <laughs> fair enough it was a lovely header by Jesus I love the I sort of aesthetics of it the yes. way you sort of jumped up and yep. nodded it in that was really really nice absolutely um, yeah. also that night Wolves on Burnley 0, uh goal from Huang. I, this is the game I watched these are all on Amazon this week um, yeah. so Burnley missed a few chances at nil 0 uh, David Bentley with a double save I kept thinking not that one because obviously David Bentley was the Arsenal player <laughs> yes then I was thinking about the murderer, but that was Derek Bentley. Let him, let me have it, Chris. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> uh, Gary O'Neill said, "Quote unquote, that's a massive win. Burnley back down um, to earth after that 5 0 win against Sheffield United. This was a really nice goal by Hulwanger. Have you seen this? Yeah, so I haven't actually seen this one. The one thing I would say is that I not.
1: I, I thought people were very quick to write him off last season. Yeah. Uh, um, he he'd been pretty decent and. Uh, Bundesliga I think it was
0: was it Leipzig he was playing uh, I, can't, or I, was it I can't remember but I do Yeah, like your thinking I, I I do know that you sort of saw a good player last season and this season yes. he seems to be coming into his own doesn't
1: he yeah well I mean he's he's got a run of games which is always important for a striker um, and yeah he's he's been really good and the Wolves have, uh, to be fair have been better than I expected them to be I, I thought they would struggle without Lopetegui Um, Gary O'Neill's come in and done a very decent job, I think he's been helped by some real standout performers Pedro Neto has been excellent for them this season Wang is scoring goals, which is always important for a club who will likely sit in the the bottom half of the table for most of the season Um, yeah I I think it's not a huge surprise that they they beat Burnley I know Burnley came off a a very nice uh, 5-0 win, but I mean they're still Burnley. <laughs>
0: um, I mean, they, yeah. they were the architects of their own downfall here. It sort of got intercepted as they were trying to play the way up, but it sort of came to mm. Hwang, um about sort of ten yards out to the right, sort of hand side, and he went to shoot and then sort of stuttered or fainted uh, as he yep. shot. That's F E I N T for those getting over the pronunciations <laughs> from last week, um, and he um, he sort of took the defender out and kind of wrong-footed the goalkeeper all in the same movement and then just sort of slotted it in the far corner. He took it incredibly well. So, yeah, he is a, yeah. he is a really good player. Um, let's go to Wednesday. So, uh, Sheffield United versus Liverpool, Virgil van Dijk and uh, some side score for uh, Liverpool, give them a 2-0 win in Chris Wilder's first game back. Um, Liverpool scored from the first corner in which one of their players uh, wasn't manhandled to the ground, um, although Sheffield United <laughs> were claiming a, a foul on the defender that Virgil van Dijk was marking. Pretty much every single corner till then. Um, uh, I mean, it was like Alex nayarko and the Everton fan at Highbury trying to swap shirts with him. <laughs> um, and, um, yeah, it, it was like the one time that Virgil managed to get away from his sort of marker was the, the one that he scored. Uh, like I said, Sheffield United thought they had a penalty. Uh, sorry a penalty, should have, should have had a foul for that. Uh, the second goal, I think they also thought they should have had a foul from Nunes sort of tackling from behind, although he, he did win the ball. I mean, I can see why that would have been given as a foul. I don't think Liverpool played too good. Um, uh, Jean-Mateep did his ACL and is now out for the season in his last year of his contract, so you may have seen the last of him. Mm -hmm. Sheffield United looked okay, if a bit uninspiring. And did you see Jurgen Klopp with his post-match grump at the um, commentator? Oh, I didn't, no. Did you not? Okay, well, you know how much he loves a 12.30 kick-off. (laughs) <laughs> yeah make <like> fine <laughs> so the commentator said oh and you got a 12:30 kickoff on saturday and um he really really didn't like that he went oh you think this is a big joke do you <laughs> um <laughs> and you could see the commentator the, the um the pundit was like i'm sorry but i thought it was okay and then he started talking and um uh, uh, and clock carried on and then sort of made a couple of more digs at him back during the uh the answer and then he yeah. just sort of chucked his mic down and walked off and Billy Sharp, who's one of the pundits, thought it was the funniest thing he'd seen. It was quite funny, if a little bit pissy by him. Um, have you seen the goals from this yeah, at all? Yeah,
1: No, I saw this is, a, this is the other game of the, the midweek that I didn't see the goals for. I was just very quickly going to say, yeah, Klopp does seem to... I, I don't want to say the mask has fallen. That's, that's very unfair. I, I don't know Jurgen Klopp personally, obviously, but he certainly seems quicker to take the nip than maybe he did those first few seasons there. Um, It's understandable to an extent. It it is very stressful managing a club that has expectations of challenging for the title every season and so on. Uh, I understand how these theories and so on can form uh, in a manager's head. But um, yeah, I mean... uh, Liverpool as you say weren't brilliant in this game but I mean Sheffield United as I said it's it's at least one season too early for them to be in this league it was always likely that Liverpool would have too much quality for it and at the end of the day it's kind of left them still well positioned for a, a challenge second half of the season if they can maybe bring in one or two in January so yeah overall um. I don't think Jurgen's got a whole lot to complain about at the moment and, and maybe just needs to take a breath every so often.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I mean we've got we have had an awful lot of half twelve kickoffs compared to with the teams, but at the same time if you're gonna take all this lovely, lovely filthy lucre from um, Sky and the T V companies, <laughs> yes. what do you expect? Sorry, so have you seen the thing today with with your four celebrity crushes on Twitter? No, I haven't. Well, someone's replied with two of the crushes being Pretty Patel and Shamima Begum, so <laughs> <laughs> Come on, that's a proper Tory. Come on. <laughs> I don't know, there is something about Pretty Patel. Oh come on. For oh, all devi- <laughs> they did, there was a thing the other week on there. Who was your um he was your nastiest I would and mine was Amanda Knox. <laughs> Fucking hell, Chris. <laughs> well who would yours be? <laughs> problematic
1: yeah are we talking about here yeah jesus um i don't know i'll come back to you in that one that's that's all i'm going to think about for the rest of this episode (laughs) i should just warn you that she wasn't
0: called foxy noxy for no reason
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah she also wasn't in court for no reason
0: (laughs) well I guess that's true (laughs) although she was you know I suppose if you look at the judgement she was but you know there you go Um, well I know who I'd say mine is now given everything that
1: happened around the Danny Masterson trial and so on Mila Kunis oh
0: okay. there you go she's now problematic
1: because yeah, Danny Masterson so there you go there's mine
0: I thought you were going to say Louise Woodward or something (laughs) no I'm good (laughs) Uh, right, OK, back to the football. Aston Villa won Manchester City. Now, Leon Bailey with a lovely goal, if even if it was a bit deflected. Um, 14th consecutive home win for Aston Villa in the league. City got two shots all game. Um, so... Four Premier League games, zero wins for the first time in seven years. It's not a great run of form they're on. No Rodri, um, and I seem to remember they struggled that Rodri before. Was he sent off for the first game of the season or something? He struggled for the next three games after.
1: Yeah, I think so. It was it was a straight red or something. So
0: yeah, yeah. it's it's um, in some
1: ways this isn't a huge surprise to me because I think one thing that Pep has always done throughout his career um and i'm I'm surprised more people haven't picked up i I guess it's more difficult to pick up when the team's quite so dominant as it has been for the last decade or something but pep keeps a really small core squad of players Mm. and i think that's kind of coming to bite them at the moment because obviously with kdb being out um Jeremy Doku now potentially being out for a, a while and so on, they're, they're not quite as strong a squad as I think people think tend to think of them as mm. being. I think what is actually more the case is they've been incredibly fortunate for the last four or five years to avoid quite so many of the big long term injuries that other clubs have suffered, and it kind of feels like them maybe that's maybe starting to come and bite them a wee bit now. And I I'm not entirely convinced that City have the squad depth to be able to, to deal with that. So
0: wouldn't surprise me to see a couple come in in January.
1: Yeah, because um, Haaland
0: was quite injury-prone in the Bundesliga and we're yet to see a sort of Erling Haaland long-term injury at City, aren't we? Well, see, uh, yeah, that's the thing. And it's like um, either
1: that or... I think the bigger issue even for City isn't necessarily even the injuries because again they've got a couple out at the moment but I think the bigger issue for them at the moment is poor form Mm. and it's you look at their bench for the last few games and they don't have a lot there in terms of game changers Um, Julian Alvarez is is not in great form at the moment Um, Mateo Kovacic I think has been quite disappointing since he went to City which I'm surprised at because I think he's in a lot of ways he's a city player mm. um, I think as much as I think Rico Lewis is a good young talent I'm not sure he should be starting every game at the moment the the, the way he tends to be um, I, I would still love to know what happened between Pep Guardiola and Joao Gan- Cancelo Yeah. Um, as to why he's no longer at that club because that seems bizarre yes. to me given how good Cancelo as an all rounder. Well, I've been talking Cancel to actually
0: answers a lot of these issues. Yeah, I was talking to Emma about him because I was watching the Barcelona game last week, and she says he's been yep. in, in great form for Barcelona, and I think he did pretty did well, well at Bayern Munich. Must have
1: happened. Yeah, yeah, he did okay at Bayern Munich as well. I think it ended up being more the the transfer fee that Bayern would have had to have paid for him. That is the only reason he didn't end up there. So. Yeah, really, really bizarre because again, I think his versatility alone would have uh, dealt with a lot of these issues because you can play him left back, right back, you can play him centre mid. Um, just a really good all round player, and it feels like City lack that at the moment. Should we say some nice so, things about Villa? Yeah, at the Villa were outstanding. That's as good as I've seen Villa play this season, and Villa have played very well in mm. points this season. Um, continue to be chuffed to bits for John McGinn um as a scot obviously but also just as a guy who came from hibs and you know i think nobody saw him becoming the player he has become uh and so it's it's just it's really good for i love seeing scottish players go elsewhere and and become a success so obviously we've got um a few players over in italy at the moment and so on as well where i think that's really positive um but yeah, Villa, I, I, I've always rated an I, Emery. I thought he was let go too quickly at Arsenal. I thought he needed more time. I, th- I thought it was difficult for him at Arsenal, given the players he was having to manage. Mm. Um. Uh, but Arsenal's loss is, has ultimately been Villa's gain, and I, I don't see any reason, again, beyond kind of injury to one or two key players as to why they can't kick on
0: in January and and work for, at the very least, Champions League football. Yeah. Okay, well, look, we move on to another uh, successful Scott. Manchester United 2, Crystal Palace won two goals from Scott McTominay and uh, one from Cole Palmer pulling one back. I want to ask you about Scott McTominay because um, I listened to a Manchester United podcast, Ed, from the No Question About That podcast. Uh, The last couple of weeks, McTominay has obviously been in form uh, and there's sort of vibe from manchester united fans i see on twitter and a little bit from that podcast as well is he doesn't do an awful lot for 89 minutes yeah but he scores a goal and yeah. i seem to think that obviously he's a bit more of a mainstay for scotland and he's a little bit more central to scotland's success in recent years so what does scotland yeah. do with him that manchester united don't and so Go on, sorry.
1: So I think I think the big advantage for for Scott McTominay when it comes to Scotland is the fact that there's been consistency of coach there for a, a few years now. Steve Clark knows he can rely on him. Steve Clark puts sets him out with very clear instructions as to what he, he needs to do. So obviously he has tended to play a little deeper for Scotland than he has been for for Manchester United recently. But I think it was from a few of those games when Scotland started to turn it around and start to get a bit of form going that I think have potentially given uh, United the idea to play him as a more advanced midfielder because I, I don't think he's actually a defensive midfielder. I don't necessarily think he's got the discipline for it. Yeah. What he does have the discipline for is being that kind of late box-crashing central midfielder. And that's working out great for for United at the moment. United still aren't in anything close to great form. But they've now got somewhat they've now got a goal threat from midfield other than Bruno Fernandez. Um and yeah, I've like got said that it's it's working out for him at the moment. It, I'm surprised how easily he's getting into some of the positions he's getting. Mm. Um but I mean, as long as he's getting into them and, and scoring the goals, I think United will be will be quite happy with him. It's, and it's I'm just I'm kind of chuffed for him as well because obviously he has been the subject of of pretty intense transfer speculation for two three years now, mainly because Man United fans and previous coaches didn't think he was he was good enough. Um, so I'm kind of just pleased that he's starting to prove
0: a few of those naysayers wrong. If he was called Tomonici or something and uh, spoke with a suave Italian <laughs> accent. <laughs> Would he be taken more seriously as a United play, do you think?
1: I, I mean, I think there's an element of that. There is still... And it, it's starting to turn a bit now given Scotland's relative success over the last kind of four or five years with, with Steve Clark at the helm. But there is no doubt that if he was... French or German, um, he would be more highly regarded. There is still that element mm-hmm. of, oh, he's, he's a jock. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, there, there's definitely a part of that, yeah. uh, I think, but hopefully not for much longer. There was a point where Scottish outfield players were rightly considered to be, at some of them, at the top level. Um I'm not suggesting for a minute, Scott McTominay's necessarily top level, but he's certainly better than he has perhaps been perceived to be in the last few years.
0: Okay. Um, United had 28 shots, nine on target, so maybe there should have been a few more, plus Bruno Fernandes that missed missed that penalty. Um, Would you take being banned as a journalist at Old Trafford a badge of honour, or would you be um, a bit miffed that you'd missed out on going to one?
1: I, I, I think it's a bit... Pathetic from United to be honest with you. United have courted press coverage for decades at this point, and then the minute it's not quite what Ten Hag, Ten Hag wants to hear, all of a sudden journalists are getting banned. It's Ranger, I've had I've faced the same thing up here with Rangers. Rangers banning the BBC from Ibrox for for a period of time over criticism in the press. Your big boys deal with it. Hag, i think doesn't doesn't have his problems to seek i said i still don't think united in great form um there is his baffling Well, i say baffling i understand why he continues to play him i just don't think he should be continuing to play anthony Mm. um yeah, at the end of the day, you're one of the biggest football clubs in the world. Know everything that's written about you is going to be positive. If you can't deal with that, you're in the wrong business.
0: Well, I guess as well, if you're banned, all it's going to do is just drive you to pick up quotes from these sources that the club don't like you going to anyway. So it's kind of counterproductive.
1: Yeah, very much so. So here,
0: yeah, uh, full and five, Nottingham Forest, nil two goals from Alex Iwobi, Who I That was a transfer that passed me by. Um, Browne Jimenez with a couple of goals, um, and Tom Kenny, uh, possibly um, Steve Cooper's last game. Although I think he's in charge for the weekend's matches. Um, yes. There was this, a really, really good fan reaction. So after the game, um, he went down to the fans with the players, and the fans gave him a huge ovation. He said after the game, he said, "Quote unquote, it uh, it means so much. I'm personally embarrassed. Um, obviously." He, for what he's done for the club. I think he'll be yep. forever a, a, a popular guy there. There was one fan who was giving the uh, the old Vs uh, and someone sort of called him out on Twitter. Who's this clown? Anyway, the clown replied, said, I wasn't doing it at Steve Cooper, I was doing it at the players. Um, so, yeah, and then uh, I don't know if you know, but the Forest owner's lanyard was found... Torn off and thrown uh, in a garden of a house nearby, Craven Cottage as well. So he obviously oh. didn't have a great a good evening. No, um, but uh, it can't. Be. I mean, Steve Cooper looks perennially stressed. He looks like a man always about two steps from a heart attack. And working for <laughs> someone yes. like that owner can't help. But he looks permanently unwell, doesn't he?
1: Yeah, it's as um, I imagine it probably is quite stressful because, like you know the fans are on your side of course they are I get the impression even though maybe you don't get that from the Fulham game that the players are still on his side I never get the impression that Steve Cooper's lost the dressing room or anything like that
0: well there's the thing with Joe Burrell's not been so, playing the last few days and he's club captain yeah I'd
1: I'd, I would make the argument that I've never been entirely convinced that Joe Warrell's Premier League quality. Oh yeah, if that's I'm true. Being
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: I don't actually blame Cooper for dropping them. That's no. that's the way it should be. I don't think uh, being club captain should give you some kind of tenure in the starting lineup. Um, so I mean, if that's if that's his complaint, and he's taking that public. Then then shame on him. I think, but, um, yeah, so, Cooper must be sitting there thinking, well, if I lose this job, it's only going to be because of the, the owner. Um, I I also think, I know they're known a great runner form just now, I still think they're going to be fine, because I still think it's the three promoted clubs who are going to go down. Yeah. Um, so why no game, another transfer window in January? let them see what you can do see how you can take it, and then make a decision at the end of the season if you absolutely must but this I don't think this does anybody in the, the
0: coaching staff or the team any favours now I reckon in a pantheon of jobs uh, inside and outside of football I don't you know Lorry driver, coal miner, I reckon football manager is up there as being one of the most stressful because it's it's quite an unstable position and you can work anywhere from John o'Groats to Lands End just to make yep. it to have to make a living. I reckon it's quite a stressful job,
1: especially especially given the money that's now at stake for poor results. Back in the seventies and eighties, you would have seen managers who would. Alex Ferguson wouldn't have lasted nineteen eighty six. No. Uh, to 1990 as my United manager now not a chance um, because the football, the, the, sorry the money would have dictated that they couldn't afford to allow him to bed in quite like that um, so yeah that definitely plays a, a huge part in it now and yeah I, I, I you couldn't pay me enough to be a football manager because it doesn't seem worth the stress
0: yeah, it doesn't seem much fun. Um, Palace nil, Bournemouth 2. Uh, Sunisi and Moore score. Palace booed off. Roy said the fans, quote-unquote, have been spoiled, though I think he has apologised for that today. Uh, and he had an object thrown at, him at the end of the game. Um, Bournemouth won 3 out of 4 now. Go level with Palace. Uh, yeah. Brighton beat Brentford 2-1. Goals from Pascal Gross and Hinsherwood, who's a young teenager, player. <laughs> Brian Abuena scored, but he's also injured long-term as well now for Brentford. So he was their sort of Ivan Toney safety net. Although I don't think yeah. you have to wait too long for Ivan Tony's to come back now. Uh, yeah. Thursday, Everton 3, Newcastle 0. So um, Neil Decore and Beto score. Uh, Everton are at the pre- relegation zone and up to 17th. Two true Kieran Trippi errors really cost um, Newcastle, who was yeah. mm-hmm. uh, uh, who had Martin DeBravko in for Nick Pope. I learnt a piece of trivia today about Nick Pope um nick pope was in the same class at school as the two young girls that ian huntley murdered
1: i, I do not understand where you find these bits of trivia I, I don't understand
0: i saw this on twitter maxine carr was his um was it one of his teachers
1: <laughs> jesus christ that's a netflix documentary. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Uh Anthony Gordon <laughs> got an angry reception as I guess you'd um you'd expect. Um yes. and Newcastle won one away all season. That was the 8-0 at uh Sheffield United. Um Newcastle fond of taking selfies after their victories. Some wag went into the Everton away dressing room and took a photo of a very empty dressing room after they'd <laughs> left. <laughs> uh and um Jordan Pickford was uh, making friends with the Newcastle players. I love a bit of that. He does wind me up but I guess that's his job, isn't it, as an Everton player to wind up a Liverpool fan. So he does it. He does it very, very well, and I can understand why as a Sunderland fan he does this to Newcastle fans.
1: Yeah, yeah, Pickford is. Yeah, he, he is. I'm absolutely sure one of those players who would love to be playing for your club. Yeah. Um, because of that very thing. But when you're up against them, yeah, I mean it's the big dramatic dives. The Falling, falling to his knees when he gathers a ball and, and all the rest Then it. it's just like, oh, sometimes it's just like, smash
0: <laughs> him in that face. There was a photo of uh, a Newcastle player squaring up to him and all Pickford's doing is laughing. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's quite yeah. funny. I think it was, when Everton played at Newcastle last season, Everton fans, oh, sorry, Newcastle fans behind the goal were all dressed up as T-Rexes with their little arms. <laughs> <laughs> so I think he's probably got that in his mind. Um, Spurs almost yeah. hammed two. Christian Romero gave Spurs the lead for goals from... Uh, really weird, freaky goals from Jared Bowen and James Ward-Prowse. Did you see these? I mm-hmm. did, uh, yes. Um...
1: Yeah, yeah, sometimes you just can't legislate for football. You, ju- you just can't. Sometimes these things happen. Um, yeah, Spurs, I ended up, I went on Twitter and, and said that I couldn't believe I was uh, defending Spurs, especially Spurs managed by an ex-Celtic manager. <laughs> um, but... And somebody actually, hit, funnily enough, uh, a, a mate on Twitter came back to me and pointed out Newcastle's injury list. Shout out to Andy Hamilton. Um, yeah, I would went on and I said, I defy any team in that league to survive the kind of injury and suspension issues that, that Spurs are going through at the moment. Mm. Uh, they look absolutely knackered by the last 20 minutes of every game, so it's no huge surprise that they're they're often taking the lead and then coughing those leads up. Um, we know Daniel Levy's a bit happy with a trigger finger on these things. I hope he's not, in this case, for Spurs' sake. I mean, for Arsenal's sake, I kind of hope he, does, he is. But, um, yeah, I, I don't think you can fully judge Spurs on the last, like, four weeks. Um, I, I think the first five, six weeks of the season probably a fairer um, idea mm. of what Spurs will be come the end of the season assuming they can get some players back and, and maybe bring in another couple in January
0: yeah so West Ham won 4 out of 5 in all competitions uh, they've, uh, Spurs have lost 4 out of 5 um, and uh, they've dropped uh... <laughs> I've written they've dropped points from winning positions in their last 5 <laughs> if I haven't written how many points lots of points yes i mean so i think they have led in pretty much all those games um i have got a stat so later on that's just they've um they've been ahead in their last five games and lost four of them or something so yeah i think that's, that's what i have got to say um so that's probably round up done for uh the games that have happened um bits and bobs of news um 48 MPs uh, and 27 peers have written to the FA to change rules to, quote-unquote, protect women and girls uh, from those big, horrible, nasty trans players. Um, 42 Tories, 2 Labour MPs, 2 DUP, 1 Alba. I guess that's one of yours, isn't it? Uh, Absolutely not, no. What's the (laughs) the Alba party? Sorry, yours is
1: in generic north of the border. Yes, Alba is Alex Salmon's new party. Oh, okay. A Uh, relatively new at this
0: point. Okay, so uh, they want, quote-unquote, banning all natal males um, playing in women's teams. Uh, I did read that as Natal, like people from Natal, but obviously that's somewhere else and something different. (laughs) Um, uh, So the FX policy at the moment is to allow players to play uh, in the league of uh, their affirmed genders. And the BBC cited a case of, uh, Rossington ladies who have had four teams refuse to play against them because they've got a, uh, a trans player paying for them. And she took a shot, yep. um, last month and broke one of the ladies on the other team's bones or something, ankle or knee or something like that. And all these other teams are refusing to play them now. Um... Mm. Oh God! It must be awful to be bloody isn't it. Just to, every day you wake up and you're getting kicked from something else and someone else. Yeah, as it's, it's
1: it's scaremongering. That's all it is. It's scaremongering. It's nothing else. It's it's the 80s and gays all over again. It's demonising. It's disgusting. Um, and also the arguments are just so false. It's how like we don't feel it's fair. Any time I've seen any reports of trans women being allowed to uh, compete against biological women in in sports, the trans woman never ever wins the event. Mm. It's like it was like what I was reading one about a marathon, but it was like the trans woman finished like somewhere in the two hundred. out of a field, of, like three hundred or something, and it's like the. It's, yeah, it's, I've, I've, I've spoken... I might not have spoken on this podcast about it before, but, yeah, I just... I, I, I can't understand... Uh, I, I don't accept this legitimate argument stuff. I think it's bigotry, and I think that's all it is. Um, and so it's just really disappointing that this continues to be the case. And, um, yeah... I, I would like to think in some ways that this is just the... Apologies, I'm going to get slightly morbid here. Sometimes I think this is just the death throes of an old generation. And that I hope that when the, the new generation comes through, things will get better. As it did for, for gays in a lot of ways, although obviously they still face demonisation as well. But, yeah, I, I, again, you know, I... I I'm well aware that this isn't necessarily a view uh, shared by a lot of men, white men my age in this country, but just leave trans people alone. They just want to live their lives. They're not trying to uh, take over women's sport. They're not trying to um, uh, like mess with the, the order of things. They just want to be left alone to live their lives, so Leave them be. Let them play football. Just don't take things away from them,
0: please. And fuck Ricky Gervais as well. And fuck Ricky Gervais, yes. If if you're listening, Ricky. Turn it off. Um, (laughs) Joey Barton. Two words, Joey Barton. (laughs) Oh, fucking... Um, Do you know what? I've got the impression from this whole thing. So, guys, listeners, unless you've been living under a rock this week, Joey Barton, uh, self-confessed Nietzsche reader and philosopher <laughs> a former footballer has been um he's been in the news this week for going on a podcast and saying his brother lost 17 years of his life for a scrap Um which you know it's a bit of a way to describe your brother being involved in a racist murder Uh and he's also come out this week with comments about women commentators being involved in football and he's I thought he was just drunk last night, but or the, the, the other night, but he seems to have doubled down on them. He's gone on the Piers Morgan show, uh, yep. and he's doubled down on them again today. I. you know he's a huge bellend and I'm not entirely sure whether he believes this or not because he he strikes me as a man who's got a podcast coming out called Common Sense and you know what people with things called Common Sense are like (laughs) I tell it like it is well yeah no you don't you're a dick Um, and yeah he strikes me as a man saying something to get a bit of traction towards this new podcast of his and he seems to be disappearing down some sort of Joe Rogan come Matt Letitia wormhole for the sake of controversy
1: he is he's following the typical grifters journey Mm. it's um i i wouldn't surprise i'm kind of with you i think when he has made comments like that in the past i'm not entirely convinced he's believed them i think he has said them because they'll generate column inches for him and so on i believe he believes them now and that's why he's going on things like GB News or Talk TV or, or stuff like that, and it's just he's decided to double down and anybody who's a fan of him, watch because he's about to start asking you to contribute to his GoFundMe or <laughs> his, or, or something like that. He's he's a wanker. Yeah. Um, he always has been. He's, he's not, I mean, for for those... Maybe slightly younger who don't know Joey Barton's past. this stubbed a cigar was it out yeah. in the eye of a trainee at the club he was at at the time. Can't remember who it was. It
0: might have been City. Actually. Yeah, it was. It was. Oh, was his name yeah, it, was. it was something. Ta- not Marcus Tandy. He was an Eldorado. Um, <laughs> <laughs> some someone. It was a youth player, wasn't it? And then he um, he beat yeah. up Usman Darbo, didn't he? Yes. So I mean, Joey Barton has never
1: been a nice person. Don't let the fake French accent and the claiming to understand philosophy fool you. He's a dickhead. He's a stupid dickhead, and um, hopefully this is just the start of a descent into complete irrelevance.
0: Yeah, I hope, yeah, I, did you know what? I did, yeah, I think I think he believes what he's saying. I don't think I did the other day when he was sort of. He seems to be yeah. getting too far on saying all this stuff. He's like, "Come on, are you trying to convince it?" But yeah, he seems to be sort of going way too far <laughs> so yeah I think you're right um right bits and bobs of leagues so uh in Spain Real Madrid are top on had a goal difference on uh from Girona Barcelona 34 Atleti on 31 so this weekend it's the Catalan derby is Barcelona play Girona um Atleti play Almeria and Betis play Real Madrid in Italy uh Inter top on 35 points Juve uh on 33 points a second, then Milan 29, Roma 24. Uh, so Juventus versus Napoli, who lost 3-0 to Inter last week. Walter um, mm-hmm. sorry, if he's the answer, what on earth are the questions?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's bizarre just how much they have fallen back towards the, the median. Um, Inter had done have a great season last season, apart from the, the Champions League exploits, which perhaps explain some of that. Um, but they have definitely seemed quite the class of that league so far this season. Um, Napoli have they been helped by the fact that they've been missing uh, Victor Rossi men for for parts of that season? Obviously, he was very vital to them last season. Uh, Ferris Scalia is still playing pretty well, but probably not quite hitting the heights of last season. Um, yeah, it's but uh, and again, as you say, I, I don't think Maurizio Sarri is the answer so um
0: yeah we might be looking at a a change there i reckon in 10 years time luciano Spalletti, or maybe 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 even when he's shuffled off this coil luciano spoletti is going to get the love he deserves because i don't think he gets enough love for what he did at roma and having to manage francesco totti out of that team obviously he got what yeah. he, he did what he mm-hmm. did at napoli last season yeah um italy i know they've not done very well you know, they haven't got to the last two World Cups, but you know, he's a different yeah. kettle of fish. Um But yeah, I'm surprised that he does. I'm surprised he's never. I can never see his name being linked with a Premier League team. I've never seen that. I mean, maybe he doesn't want to come to England. I don't blame him. I'd rather be in Italy. Yeah, but... I, I don't even think
1: I've necessarily seen him linked with like any of the big Spanish clubs or anything either, which is surprising. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think he's he's done his the job he has done has been very underrated.
0: Yeah. I mean to have to move Totti out of you know, perhaps the most legendary player ever yeah, you have to absolutely. he didn't really want to retire, I don't think, did he? I think he wanted to keep playing till the end. Yeah, I think he I I mean, don't get me wrong, he
1: was and has been for the for the longest time, uh Mr. Roma. But also at the same time, if you are Mr. Roma, then at some point you have to accept it for Roma's best. Mm you need to kind of step aside and so I actually don't uh yeah spoletta it, yeah, it was a thankless task there yeah so
0: yeah. uh either, oh yes rest of italy's games uh atlanta versus ac milan inter versus Udinese. have you seen the inter kit this weekend no, I have not. I mean, I know it's a shame. It's a piece of shameless corporate plug-in, but instead of the oh, sponsors the logo on the front... Yes, oh, the Autobot yes, logo on the front. So, yeah, I've seen people say that this is this will make into the new
1: Atletico Madrid. Um, I don't know if you remember that Atletico at one point were sponsored by, I think it was Sony. Oh, okay. So Sony were putting different Sony film logos on Atletico Madrid's kits during the season so I think there's got like a Spider-Man one from the season that they were they were kind of sponsored by them ah, so okay. yeah I, I'm I'm all for that kind of stuff I mean don't get me wrong I'm not for it if it, they're expecting uh, fans to put their hands in their pockets to buy every one of these special kits but yeah if it's just something that they're going to wear for a game or two I think that could be quite cool
0: I'd be very disappointed if you Deneze don't walk out wearing Decepticon logos <laughs> uh, Roma versus Fiorentina in Germany. Bayer Leverkusen still top on thirty-five points. Bayern on thirty-two. Uh, Stuttgart on thirty, and uh, RB Leipzig on twenty-six. So we have Dortmund versus RB Leipzig. Think Dortmund in fifth. Uh, Frankfurt versus Bayern. Stuttgart versus Bayer Leverkusen. In France, PSG top on thirty-three points. Then it's Nice twenty-nine, Monaco twenty-seven, Lille twenty-six. So it's PSG versus Nantes. Clermont versus Lille. Uh, nice niece versus Wren and uh Ren versus Stimpy oh stop it's, it's monaco um, <laughs> uh, elsewhere around the world right <laughs> thank you you like that uh elsewhere around the world right. do you remember this week you've been making comments about my pronunciation in the whatsapp group I do remember that yeah well strap <laughs> strap yourself in <laughs> uh, in oh, the God. in Niger it, i don't know if this is a derby or not but it would make me tickle uh, it's the police versus liberte um <laughs> okay tickle. uh so turkey is washington versus Fenerbahce in the mls it's the um final as uh, columbus crew place play lafc uh in sweden it's basel versus zurich uh, in japan it's the emperor's cup final um uh-huh. as- yes kawasaki they, um jaylee games are normally stream free on youtube if you uh fancy watching this right, okay yeah um kawasaki frontal are playing uh kashiwa racer Ka- uh and kawasaki frontal I, I nearly made like a sort of full frontal assault <laughs> <laughs> um they got battered for me go you go- in their team all oh, right okay i didn't actually know he was still playing i think he's 38 um yeah. Uh, in Hong Kong, the Premier League, it's Rangers versus Eastern, Andy. Uh, Rangers yes. founded in 1958 by a, a Rangers fan. Uh, they are fourth, but lost their last two. How do you think they're going to get on? Uh, uh, yeah, they'll
1: be fine. They'll, they'll win this game easily, I'm sure. He says, having absolutely <laughs> no idea. I just told you, they're fourth. They're good. Yeah, I know, but you still
0: said they lost the last two. They have, yeah, that's true. Uh, in Zambia, it's the Ndola Derby as Zesco play the Forest Rangers. Um, Zesco atop, top, Forest Rangers are in tenth. Uh, how do you reckon this one's going to go? I
1: reckon uh, Zesco are going to get sneaky and start stealing picnic baskets.
0: <laughs> you turn up dressed as Yogi Bear. <laughs> <laughs>
1: the
0: form goes out the window, doesn't it? So, you yeah, know. exactly. You, you know, you never know how that game's going to go. You know, it's well as yeah uh, also in Hong Kong's the new territories derby is typo FC plays uh, Yun Long FC in Andorra it is uh, FC Santa Coloma play uh, UE Santa Coloma and finally in the Andorran second division it is uh, lamasana versus Rangers uh so Lamasana atop and um Rangers are bottom of the league on minus three points, having lost their last five. Does uh, this sort of kindred spirit back to Rangers new code 2011? No, no, I don't think you understand that league works different where, in actual fact, it's reverse.
1: Okay. That's why you golf, you're trying to get the lowest score. <laughs> yeah. So in actual fact, Rangers are going to win the league. It'll be
0: fine. That will be, we'll be okay, will it? Yeah, it'll be great. I've got to be honest. He's like... a real good golf score. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to be honest. When I looked at the Andorra second division, so... Uh, there were, I think were eight teams in it. Um, Rangers were actually technically third bottom because the, the two teams below them hadn't actually played any games yet and we're about seven or eight <laughs> games into the season. So I don't know how, I, I, I say I don't know how that's going. Not very well, I imagine. I, I just I was just thinking to myself there
1: as I looked at the Angolan second division as possibly the most Chris Etchingham phrase I think I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Andorin, second division, sorry. Andorin, second
0: division, apologies. The <laughs> Andorans. Yeah. You have to watch that now as penance. <laughs> uh okay, back to the Premier League. Um Saturday, 12.30, Crystal Palace versus Liverpool in the Louis Suarez crying derby. Uh, Alisson is a doubt still. Um, Alexis yep. McAllister is also out. He, he was injured the other day, but carried on playing against um, Sheffield United. Michael Lisey is a doubt. Uh, Crystal Palace, since the start of October, they've played 8-1-1, uh, only got five points. They've only scored seven goals. They're not doing very well at all. Liverpool yeah. uh, have got 59 points in their last 26 games. they won 17, drawn 8 and lost 1 in that run. Um, and so far this season, they've got 15 points from losing positions. If you think back to things like 10 men against Newcastle and the um, Darwin Nunes, two goals, unlucky to lose at Spurs. So, you know, they're they're a team that don't yeah. know when they're down. Um, yeah. How do you think this one's going to go? Yeah,
1: I, I think, yeah, I expect Liverpool to win this game. They're, they are playing generally pretty well at the moment. I think they probably still have...
0: Okay. Hello?
1: I'm very sorry about that. I <laughs> thought i better pause so you didn't hear my Alexa going off, which is literally about four feet behind my microphone.
0: That's okay, and we
1: heard it, so that's I'm fine. I the idea if you want to edit that out. If anybody hears it, I... You don't want to hear
0: my Alexa, so that's why. That's um, OK. No, I it, I've set mine hard off hard. before when I was talking about Alexis Sanchez. I set mine off previously, a long time ago, so don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> uh Yeah, I think Liverpool will probably win this game comfortably. I think
1: it's odd. It kind of feels like at the moment... It's strange they're no struggling for goals. They're, like, joint second-highest scorers in the league, I think. But there's obviously still this kind of concern around Darwin Nunez, but obviously they're getting goals elsewhere at the moment to make up for it. Mm. Um, but Palace feel in a, a not great place uh, at the moment. Um, I feel very sorry for Roy Hodgson. Um, I wouldn't have taken back the comments about Palace fans being spoiled, especially considering one of them then tried to chuck something at them. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, even if Palace weren't in quite such wretched form at the moment, I think I'd probably still have taken Liverpool. So yeah, I think they'll win this relatively comfortably.
0: Okie dokie. Uh, not Bolton. Brighton versus Burnley. Dean boom. <laughs> I've got B strokes here win. Um Bolton versus, uh, I think I said to uh, the guys last week, guess what i do for Arsenal. It looks a bit unsightly. Um, <laughs> Brighton versus Burnley. Dean Bodich, Derby at three o'clock. Mambo Dahood, one of the greatest named footballers, uh, is back for Brighton as his loose dunk back from suspension. We got sent off for two yellow cards in five seconds at Forest. Yep. <laughs> it's fabulous stuff. Uh, seven and beating at home for uh, Brighton, and they scored in 31 successive Premier League games. Um, Burnley after that 5-0 win at home last week to um Sheffield United are back down to earth after the uh, the loss against Wolves. Um how do you think this one's going to go? Any any hope for Vincent Company?
1: The the one hope I would have for for Burnley is the fact that it feels this season unlike last season that Brighton are eminently beatable. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very strange thing to say because given that they're eighth in the table and you know they're twenty five points and you know they've also scored quite a few goals this season thirty two, um so they're one of the, the league's higher scorers. Defensively they, they've been poorer this season I think, um, and obviously they've they've been on the end of some some bigger defeats, and and they've got European football to contend with this season, so that would maybe be the hope, but, yeah, again, I think to have any real hope, they would have needed to follow up the Luton result with another fairly decent result after it, and they didn't get that, so, yeah, Brighton, especially at home, still probably too formidable for Burnley, I reckon.
0: Okay, uh, Manchester United versus Bournemouth, three o'clock in the unexploded bomb derby. Um, Manchester United are 18 points since the start of October. That's the second best after you guys, Arsenal. And, of course, they've got the, both the Player of the Month and the Manager of the Month now at Manchester United. Um, Rasmus Hoyland, zero goals in domestic games. Of course, he's got five in the Champions League. Uh, and Bournemouth have got 13 points from the last 18 available and won their last three away. So I reckon this has got an iffy Manchester United 2-1 or 1-0 win played badly with so many scores uh written all over it i think i agree actually
1: because i don't know if united fans could even look at any of their performances in the last like month to six weeks and say that was a really good performance they're sitting sixth in the table the everton game, after maybe? having what is on paper a really good run of them. maybe the everton game yeah but it's a really good run on paper but I don't necessarily think it's a really good run if you see the games
0: Mm.
1: I mean you only need to look at the fact that I mean you look at if you're looking at in terms of them scoring goals you know you've got Brighton in 8th and 32 goals, Newcastle in 7th and 32, you've got Spurs in 5th and 29 and then the top 4 is 36, 34 34 and 33 and there you've got United sitting in sixth place with eighteen goals. Oh really. Um so they are definitely scraping wins. Um yeah the opposite end of that is that actually defensively they have been pretty good this season. Um joint third best uh, record in the league.
0: Which is ironic but isn't think, it considering the heat that Harry Maguire gets.
1: Yeah some. Um, I I think though i do feel like player in a month is maybe a slight sympathy vote <laughs> for harry Maguire, um but there's no doubt in the fact that they have been better defensively with him back in the team the, the drop off in form of rafael Varane has been pretty alarming um so yeah it's probably good for them that Maguire's found a wee bit of form Mm. Um, Hoyland, I think, will come good eventually. Hoyland's too good a player not to start scoring goals in this league. I'm sure that'll come good eventually. But like you say, I can see it being an iffy, narrow win because I think Bournemouth um, in the last month have been really good. It feels like Iraola, apologies, Um <laughs> has his finally started to turn things around I think there was high hopes for him when he got the job made a pretty poor start but it seems to have turned it around now so I think Bournemouth will go and give it a go they've got players who could definitely challenge United but United will probably scrape this one I
0: think Yeah they had on the Monday Night Club on Five Life um, they had a Bournemouth player on there and I can't remember which what it was or who it was but he was saying that the players are really listening to Iriola. it's obviously taking a bit of time to get through but they know what they know to, they know where he wants to be but obviously it takes time to yeah, get there so yes yeah. yeah it kind of felt
1: a wee bit like maybe some of what was going on with bournemouth was just a wee bit of hangover from them sacking uh gary o'neill yeah uh because it was clear that the players had a lot of time for gary o'neill and it might just be that Areola, Areola, I'll get that right away <laughs> these days. There is no worse words for a Scotsman to pronounce than letters, uh, words that have both an R and an L. In them. So apologies to any Bournemouth fans listening, but um, or Spanish podcasters yeah. that aren't here this week. <laughs> yes, but it does feel like uh, they are starting to buy into what he's what he's selling. So yeah, I think Bournemouth will be fine this season as well. But I think United probably nick this one.
0: Yeah, OK, Sheffield United versus Brentford, 3 o'clock in the Jack O'Connell derby. Um, <clears throat> Scotsman Ollie McBurney suspended after a bit of violent conduct last week. <laughs> Who would have yes. thought that? Uh, yep. N- Norwood, and I didn't write down if it was Oliver or James, uh, so apologies, Mr <laughs> Norwood. Um, he's also suspended. Um, we briefly talked about Umbreno earlier on being injured. So he's got 10 goals and yep. 5 assists in the last 18 games for uh Brentford taking over from Ivan Tony, so they're gonna miss that for the next month or so till Tony gets yeah. back mm-hmm. and there is talk about selling Tony in January to uh, a bigger team in West London, so obviously that depends on um how long and is out for, so they could be struggling for goals up front, especially when you've only got Neil mope, as your other person um <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sheffield
1: United can see um, yeah, I could be completely,
0: yeah. yeah. Uh, sorry, i just going to say, Sheffield United conceded 41 in goals in 15 Premier League games. Uh, and do you want to know who the top goal scorer is for Sheffield United? Uh, I would
1: probably guess it's going to be like a central defender. Uh, I'll give you a clue.
0: They scored three goals and their name is Own Goals.
1: Their name is Own Goals?
0: Yeah, Own Goals have scored three. So... <laughs> <laughs> that's,
1: that's really bad yeah I mean it's, in some ways that kind of really sums up uh, not just Sheffield United season but the seasons you tend to get from a lot of clubs who struggle mightily when they come up is mm. that you tend to find that the real issue uh, defensively obviously they've been really poor 41 goals although obviously 8 of those were in, in one game oh, yeah. Yeah. but at the same time it's they've scored 11 goals in the league in 15 games you say that yourself the the top scorer isn't even their player um and that tends to be the teams that struggle the most are the ones whose strikers don't make the step up Mm. mcburnley i was never convinced was going to be able to make that step up anyway um he's always struck me as a wee bit of a i don't want to be as as unkind as to say like a car horse but he's definitely no god. He's not quite multifaceted enough to be a success
0: in this division. I would I say think. both intellectually and physically. I would imagine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I would probably. Agree with that. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean Brentford. Yeah, Embolo has been excellent for them this season. Um, yeah, ten goals and five assists. As you said, that's that's one of the best. Kind of, goals per game outputs in the week I mm. think at the moment um, but yeah I, I, I just I can't see past them for this I think even missing Tony and Emblemo I still think they'll have too much for a, a United team who I think are already doomed
0: okay uh, Forest versus Wolves 3 o'clock in the George Ellicobi derby I'm going last on match of the day for this uh, Jose sam the reckon will be back in goal for Wolves and um, I he's still out and they really, really miss him. Uh, Wolves' last 12 games at home, they won seven, drawn three and lost two. Um, I don't see a lot of hope for for Forrest in this game. No, Wolves have been,
1: again, it feels like they've been better than the table, perhaps suggests. Mm. Um, I think what has actually probably been the case is that Wolves are beating the team they should be beating. Um and yeah I just I, I can't see I, again Forrest I think the talk around Steve Cooper won't be helping um, again they're another team that is struggling to score goals um, they're averaging just over one goal a game I think it is uh, and as, as we, we've talked about that's now four on the spin in the league that mm. they've lost so uh, yeah difficult to see pass wolves for this one the, the, the only chance they've got is the fact the Wills themselves aren't exactly prolific in front of goal. so if they have one of those games, maybe they can they can nick a point out of this one.
0: Okay. Uh, Aston Villa versus Arsenal, the Robert Pires derby at half-past five. Villa won all seven home games so far. Um, and in all the games they've led this season, they've they won them all as well. Since the start of last season, um, Arsenal have got 55 points. at 17 wins 14 clean sheets uh, in away matches. So they do very well over from home. And this season, they've gained four points after 90 minutes. Um, So Mm. when you're in a sort of tower block in Edinburgh, injecting heroin into your veins with Renton and Sick Boy, do you sort of sit back and think about uh, this is the sort of game Arsenal need to win if they've got to maintain a title challenge, got to take points up for the teams in the top four? Come on, Kersh, you know what my next thought at that point is.
1: Where's the next hit coming from? That's true.
0: <laughs> um,
1: no, uh, I, 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 we, we, we maybe we have talked about this in terms of Arsenal resilience and, and so on. I'm, I'm, I'm not convinced it's enough for us to win the league. Hmm. I think this is probably the biggest. In some ways, I think this might actually be the biggest test of the season so far. Obviously, Arsenal have dropped other points. The you know Chelsea had probably their best performance of the season against Arsenal. Um, uh, And it's just... Yeah, I don't know. Villa are are just in such good form at the moment. They'll be at such a high through the City game where they didn't just win. They thoroughly deserved to win and were probably unlucky it was only one. Um defensively they're, they're pretty good as well again evidenced in the, the City game you know it wasn't just all about what Villa did going forward um, I think Arsenal will do well to come out of this game with a point um, I think I think Arteta would take that if you offered them that before the game um, but yeah Villa are just are, are suddenly a very good team and um
0: yeah they'll they'll fancy this one um since we called a parent i can't watch that film
1: no oh no, because no. of the the baby bit
0: yeah yeah <laughs> it's not the bit where it crawls on the ceiling it's the bit where they, they discover it and sick boy's left yes. crying over the cop yep yeah that's it it's what parenthood does to you turns you into a big soppy person doesn't it <laughs> <It's>, yes <laughs> it does it's uh i can't, i'm i'm
1: dreading watching home alone this year because I'm convinced that this is going to be the year that the bit at the end with the shovel man meets oh. uh, back up with his his son and his grandchild and I'm convinced this is the year that's going to leave me just a <laughs> puddly mess
0: <laughs> so I I get it Yeah. Uh, Sunday, Everton versus Chelsea 2 o'clock in the Pat Nevin Derby, he was a player wasn't he? he was
1: a very good player,
0: yes yeah. Um even if you play for them. Uh, you know, can it be helped? <laughs> uh Everton I mean, it could have been probably <laughs> but you know. It was still Um Everton went eight out of twelve in all competitions. Uh and without a points deduction, they would be currently above Chelsea. Um Chelsea won two out of seven and just two out of their last eight games played on a Sunday. So um Like Pat in the eastern half of uh, Glasgow, they'll all be in church, Chelsea, and um, they don't like coming out and playing games. They don't seem to win on the Sunday.
1: Uh, Yeah, Chelsea, I can only imagine how frustrating it must be to be a Chelsea fan this season. Every time it feels like they have turned a corner, they then follow it up with a bit of a stinker. Hmm. Um, United thoroughly deserve to win that game during the week I think that's the thing as well I know the score was 2-1 and I know that Chelsea had chances but in real, realistically they were outplayed for at least 80 minutes of that game I thought um, they're still struggling to score a lot of goals they tend to score their goals in bunches in games and then go through these wee droughts Raheem Sterling's been excellent this season for them um, do you think
0: I see. I don't see a lot of Sterling love on um yeah, I think he's
1: been. I think he's
0: been much better this year
1: than he was last year. It, it feels like he's settled in a bit. It feels like he's taking on the responsibility of being a senior player mm. in that dressing room. Uh, don't get me wrong. I think uh, the the pass that he ch- the, the chance that he passed up and gave to Nicholas Jackson mm. at the weekend. I think if he was fully confident, he might have took that one on himself. Um, but yeah, I think he's been a lot better. But yeah, Everton, I think, are, 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 have been pretty good this season. As you said, with it, the deduction, they would be above Chelsea. Mm. Um, they finally managed to get Beto a goal. I wonder if that opens the floodgates a wee bit for him. Um, they've somehow turned Dwight McNeil into a good, solid Premier League player. Yeah. Um, I'll be very curious to see what happens with Dominic Calvert Lewin, given his sitter. Yeah. Uh, during the week. Um, yeah, I don't. I just. I think Everton have, have got enough about them to, to win this one. Sean Dyche has definitely
0: turned them around. Yeah, it's um, it's strange how they've done better away from home than at home, given what the sort of fortress Park, Goodison Park, is meant to be, but. I think the result against Newcastle. I think that really, I think that would really help the confidence for the fact that that was a win at home. Goodison
1: in a lot of ways reminds me of of Ibrox. It's when people talk about the comparison between Eyebrooks Park and and Parkhead, the the way I look at it is that I think. Celtic Park might be the more consistently positive atmosphere Mm. but I think the highs at Ibrox are higher than they are at at Celtic Park but the lows are lower and it kind of feels a wee bit like Goodison in a lot of ways where I think when Goodison's rocking and bouncing it's arguably one of the kind of top three atmospheres in that league Mm. but also like it is with Ibrox I feel like they get on the club a bit too quickly in games if things aren't going their way and I wonder if that's partly why they're, they're outperforming uh, they're performing better away from home than they are um, at home at the moment because like I said the, the, the fans they have a tendency to get on their backs pretty quickly if it's not working quite so well
0: Yeah, I, I used to watch an awful lot of Everton uh, Everton, Leicester uh, when they played at home both at Filbert Street and just after they moved into the um, what was the Walker Stadium what's it now? King Power um, Yeah their fans can get on the back of the players quite a lot. And yep. oh, you know what? When you've got 20,000 people saying how crap you are at something uh, and an awful, obviously an awful lot more of the Ibrox, it can't be much fun. Whereas I think when you go um, away, uh, you've yep. got more of the hardcore fans travelling with you and they're more liable to support you. You can take 20,000 opposition fans saying you're crap, but, you know. Yeah, to me it's why, to me it's why Rangers won the league in the first
1: COVID season. Yeah. They went unbeaten that season, and I think a large part of it was due to the fact that they were playing without pressure at Ibrooks, because that has tended to be where the issues have come for Rangers in the last kind of four or five seasons in particular. So, yeah, maybe everyone just like playing with less pressure.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I can fully understand that. Um... Also on Sunday, two o'clock it's Fulham versus West Ham in the Lewisburg Morted Derby. Fulham have lost ten of their last 13 on a Sunday. Again there with Pat Nevin in church. Um West Ham have <laughs> lost <laughs> they won three out of four in the Premier League, but you know, we said that they Fulham had that win um against Forest. That was at home. This game's at home. Uh West Ham don't seem to be troubled by going uh to away grounds. Um so I think this one could be quite a interesting game. Yeah, I think
1: um West Ham will definitely be, be buoyed by some of their, their recent performances so we'll fool them off the back of that that 5-0 um, it was good to see Raul Jimenez amongst the goals again, feels like it's been a while mm. looks like he's settled in um, the, the most notable thing I think for about Raul Jimenez for me was just how much he celebrated Alex Iwobi's second goal I feel like that's a good indicator of whether a player's happy or not. It was it would seem genuinely delighted. Mm-hmm. Um so that'll work well for Fulham. But yeah, West Ham feel like they kinda did a couple of seasons back where they're difficult to beat. Um and they've got just enough p- players up at the other end to cause problems. So um given Fulham did have that that good result against Forest Hill and given that it's at Craven Cottage, I think I'll maybe go for a, a draw on this one. But West
0: Ham, I don't think we'll, we'll lose. OK. Uh, and then Luton versus Manchester City, two o'clock, the Paul Walsh derby. Luton are unbeaten uh, against reigning top flight champions since 1984, <laughs> um, where they were dancing to Electropop like a robot. Um, Luton have lost three out of four, uh, and they've only won one out of nine. Um, City have only had three points from their last 12 available. Now, I've written unlucky question mark next to Luton. Um, they uh, couldn't quite see a, a draw out right over the line against you guys. Um, mm-hmm. They let the uh, the win go against Liverpool uh, a couple of weeks ago where they drew 1-1. And I get a feeling there have been other games where uh, there was the Manchester United game at Old Trafford where I think most United fans said they were lucky to come out with a win. Yeah after a while do you stop being unlucky and start being um uh, it's something within you where you can't see these games over the line where it stops being less about luck and more about poor concentration or something
1: yeah it's less about luck and more about naivety Mm. and lack of experience at that level um that's any level isn't it if anything i think yeah yeah but i mean certainly they're not playing with the same confidence they were last season. Yeah. Let's put it that way. And even in games like even when Arsenal fell three two behind in that game, it still felt like Arsenal had that in them to turn that around. And that was arguably less about Arsenal and more about Luton. Yeah. Um Luton don't feel quite ready to get some of these performances over the line. Um so yeah, this one. I mean, yeah, City are in, in pretty. I don't want to say wretched form. That's that's maybe a little unfair, but certainly for them, very poor form. But even then, the, the players, even with a weakened squad at the moment, are, are will be too good for what I imagine. So yeah, I think City will will win this one.
0: Okay, and finally, Spurs versus Newcastle. Half past four. The Real Fox Derby. Um some human is a doubt. Uh, and um, Spurs, like I said earlier on, they're the first Premier League team to open the scoring of five games and not win any of them. They've drawn one and lost four of those. Um, also, uh, if you get this far, Jesse, you might have to put your hands over your ears. Um, Spurs have dropped 16 points uh, from winning positions. 14 of those points have been since the start of November. And finally... Um, Newcastle's last 16 on a Sunday, they've won nine, drawn five and lost two. So they do a little bit better on, a, on the, the day of the Sabbath. Um, but 14 points dropped since the start of November. It, it's not a coincidence that Angie's looking grumpy and grumpy these last few weeks if um, they're dropping those points.
1: Yeah, it, it's funny when, when things were going a bit better and they lost those first couple of games where they really kind of had the proper injury and suspension crisis he didn't say much he still seemed quite jocular uh, and the the argument that you know he was uh advocating good football over results then he seem to argue against that too much now all of a sudden the the demeanor has started to change a wee bit and it's like i'm no all about the good football i want the results i want to win these games so yeah there's definitely been a slight change in his demeanor um I think this one's got draw written all over it because Newcastle looked absolutely knackered yeah. against Everton. I think that was the big part of the problem and it is, and that was proven in the two errors that Kieran Trippie, who normally you can rely on not to make an error in a month or Sundays, um, did. Um, so, yeah, Spurs struggling. Newcastle maybe struggling slightly less, but also I think really starting to feel the effects of league football, European football, league football, European football. Um, Yeah, for for two teams who score as many goals as they do and play such entertaining football, I, I don't know, I've got a really funny feeling this one's going to end up nil-nil, <laughs> and I think that's just because by the end of the game that it will be getting played at
0: walking pace. Yeah, Newcastle probably just want to turn up there and and not lose. Is there any so off so many times you can sit in a press conference and sort of go, "Oh mate," in a sort of jocular Australian accent way and get away with it, so to speak? Um, yeah, but I think that's more to do with the the
1: football press than it is with Ange. That's that's just how Ange has been the whole time, and I think it's just that that felt like a breath of fresh air. Mm. to To the English uh, football press so maybe it's just the fact that they realise oh this is actually how he is and it's getting a bit boring for them yeah um, but aye it's, he is what he is uh, for anybody who's got his swag off about that fine that's, yeah, that's your prerogative but I mean it's, I, I don't think it's an act I think that's just how he is mm. so you might as well get used to it
0: Okay. Uh, right, Brad Brings Attended by uh, Premier League Roundup. Any other business at all? No, nothing here. Super duper. Right, okay, so we're Man of the Post, part of the Man of the Post Network. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Man of the Post. And you can give us a search on Facebook too. Um, some of Dave, Carl, uh, Simon and... I feel I forgot somebody. Dave, Carl, <laughs> Simon. Chris, that's the other one um they'll be back on um they've had the, they have a bit of a coup d'etat over there so there's been changes <laughs> on that show um they uh, some of them will be back on uh, next week to review the games that we've been proving here if they want to follow you um Andy how do they do that
1: oh I suppose they can I'm still on Twitter so yes you could find me at site tyson.
0: Fair enough, you can follow me at CFGum77 and you can always remember to keep your man in the post.